I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Upbeat Dietitians podcast with Emily and Hannah. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We are here today with another very special guest. We have with us Brendan Adams. We're so excited about this. We're going to go over with Brendan today, you know, what it's like being a personal trainer, the difference between exercise and physical activity, um, and things like that. So we'll kind of jump right in. But Brendan and I met when we were both at Purdue. We both started there as what's called fitness consultants or fit cons, mm-hmm. if you're one of the cool kids. And then we both became personal trainers as well. And we both currently are actively acting as personal trainers as well in our jobs. Mm-hmm. But um, Brendan, tell us about kind of what you're up to these days and what you're doing for work and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, I just graduated from Purdue. We're here. Uh, about a, actually a year ago, almost on the dot today. Uh, it's been a crazy year, but graduated with my degree in kinesiology with a clinical concentration. Uh, I wanted to do that so I could get you know more hands-on experience because I knew I wanted to be a personal trainer basically from the get-go. Uh, so I got my degree. I was a personal trainer there for about three years. And this past year, I've been training at a couple different places like LA Fitness. I moved to Colorado for a job at an Anytime Fitness. Uh, but Currently, I'm in between jobs, about to move to Chicago to start at Equinox as a tier two trainer. Uh, So I'm really excited about that move. It's kind of the next step in my progression of just being the best personal trainer I can be to help as many people as I can, uh, because that's why I got the job. I love helping people with their exercise and whatever the goals they have. Uh, So yeah, that's what I'm up to, and that's what I'm going to be doing here soon. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Yeah. So actually, I think you're our first, I don't know what's going to come out exactly if it's going to be in the right order, but as we're recording this, you're our first personal trainer we've had on besides myself, of course, but it'll be mm-hmm. good to get an exercise perspective. We talk a lot about nutrition, of course, so it'll be good to get mm-hmm. the other side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's jump right in. So will you tell us about what a personal trainer is and kind of the process of becoming a personal trainer as well? Absolutely. So uh, the most important detail is a personal trainer is someone with a certification uh, from any uh, verifiable and legal source. So some examples are ACE, NASM, uh, and ACSM. ACSM is what we used at Purdue, but I got my ACE certification before I graduated, so I could be a personal trainer at Purdue. Uh, So a personal trainer is somebody with a certification that can help basically anybody uh, they coach them through exercise routines, uh, healthy habits and such. I am not a dietitian, therefore I cannot meal plan for people, but I can tell them, hey, yeah, stop eating cake, you know, 24-7 and maybe add some vegetables to your diet. You might feel a little bit better. General things like that we can help with. Uh, I like to think of it more as uh, a fitness coach is kind of another uh, term we like to throw around there. Because uh, it's not just exercise that we always deal with. That is our 90 to 95% of our priority. Um, but a lot of our other duties go to some people like, Hey, what should I be doing on my off days? What should I be doing with this? And so I'll tell them like, Hey, on your off days, you know, maybe a rest day, but don't just lie in bed all day. Cause that's not going to do much for you. Go stretch, go do something like lightly active. Uh, 
So a personal trainer in the scope of things is basically somebody that can take you through an exercise routine that has a certification that can be trusted because uh, there's a lot of misinformation and people out there that just get big or get strong and just start throwing things out there. Uh, not personal trainers. Sorry to burst their bubble, but uh, the certification is one of the most important parts. And I really like to hit on the personal side of things as well, because just from experience, clients aren't going to listen to you unless they like you. So you have to be personable and you have to be able to understand every different client is different. It's a personal trainer, personal to each individual person. So I may have 20 clients, but each one is going to have a different uh, exercise routine based on their goals and needs. And I'm going to treat them all a little bit differently based on what they want. I adapt my training style and my attitude a little bit for what each person needs. And in my personal uh, scope, I think that's what a good personal trainer can do. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap that up there. That's what personal training is. Yeah, it's so important. And it's the same with being an RD too, to mm -hmm. customize your approach for every single person. Because if you just had some blanket approach for everyone, you probably only have one or two that, you mm -hmm. know, see a good approach for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's really important. Yeah. I really like how you mentioned that with, even if you have 20 different like clients, you're not giving them all the same exercise plan and you're tailoring mm -hmm. it basically to their strengths and weaknesses because a lot of people I feel like kind of just, at least I've seen on social media, there's a lot of different workout plans that I've seen and I'm, not nearly as educated as either of you. So I was like, mm -hmm. what would this help me or mm -hmm. what? So I think that's really important to especially acknowledge with personal trainers because it's more than just writing a workout plan oh, and yeah. handing it out. Absolutely. hundred percent. Okay. Cool. Well, speaking of while we're on the topic, Mm -hmm. Kind of go through with us the different kinds of personal trainers and along with that, like the different fields that CPTs can work in. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll kind of start with just normal personal training, what you think of and what you expect off the bat. That's just someone that you come into the gym, you meet them for like an hour or so. They take you through an entire workout, maybe even write a workout program for you to do on days that you're not there with them. Uh, Cause I mean, let's, honest not everyone's got a bunch of money to burn nowadays not everyone's gonna be able to come three to five times per week with a personal trainer uh so not only just making programs but uh being able to specialize uh in a certain field so my special my specialization as a personal trainer is like strength uh building strength building a little bit of muscle too is kind of my secondary uh and my tertiary would probably be weight loss helping clients you know cut some fat down uh get into healthier shape uh, but those are kind of the top three that you'll see from personal trainers there's also competition prep for like bodybuilding and or uh, powerlifting something i got into for a while any sort of preparation for any sort of competition personal trainer to be able to help with uh and then also like athletic ability which kind of goes into other jobs outside of the normal personal trainer that you'll see uh so like with my degree i don't just have to go be a personal trainer at a gym I could work my way up into management somehow if that's something i want to do but you usually have to start down as a trainer understand the club uh, everything that goes on within it, but other jobs, uh, I mean, you can continue school and go do occupational therapy, physical therapy, things like that, where your personal training experience will help, but it's way more tailored to like injuries and things like that, especially with physical therapy. Uh, there's also sports coaching you know, all the way from like elementary, high school, college, up to the pros. 
Uh, there's also teaching. I mean, all of our professors at Purdue, they were personal trainers once upon a time. They have their certifications, uh, which is something I honestly think I might get into later wow. in my 30s, 40s. Oh, that's I love cool. Oh my God. One of my favorite parts of my job as the lead trainer at Purdue was I got to help with the ACE course and been able to tell other trainers how to do things correctly and see them help their clients make progress. It's a trickle down system. Yeah. And so if I can help them by teaching them right things and they help everybody else, it's, it was the greatest feeling watching uh, the soon to be trainers kind of develop and grow in that system. So I could see myself doing it, not, you know, locking myself into it, but that's definitely another route you can go. And also like physical education. So, you know, like elementary school teachers, stuff like that, or even like high school teachers, if I'm honest, I would love to do that as well, but the money is just not there. Uh, and the only reason I really want to do it is because most high school sports coaches don't have the right certifications and they're teaching mm-hmm. kids bad things at a young age. For 90% of my like 18 to 25 year old clients that I've worked with from on i have to just unteach the bad habits first and so if we teach kids good habits from the get-go when they're in high school sports it'd be so much easier to see progress with so many more people but yeah money's not quite there with anything when it comes to like high schools unfortunately my mother's a teacher i know that things so uh, i find myself more in the personal training area instead of the physical education uh but there's a ton of things you can do with that that's only a couple uh just the ones off the top of my head so there's big scope you can utilize it with but the first thing that it comes to when you're in this profession is practicing what you preach that's what i mm. i'm never going to tell a client or anybody in any of these jobs anything that i wouldn't or cannot do uh now if a client is way more advanced than i am like they can do like backflips and handstands out of the wazoo like <laughs> cool i'll train them and do and i'll research some stuff and help them out with that but uh i still have to be able to practice like if i tell my clients to eat their vegetables and all i'm doing is eating steak and I guess potatoes are vegetable, but, uh, you know, <laughs> just, uh, you know, on, if I'm not practicing what I preach to my clients and it, especially if they found that out, they're going to be like, okay, well, why do I have to do this? It's a little unfair, which to be fair, everything is unfair about fitness and health to a degree. Everyone's a little bit different and yeah. not everyone starts out in the same place. Uh, like I kind of just naturally fell in love with what I did. Uh, I was really skinny when I first started uh, really thin. And I just started gaining weight, whereas a lot of people have different struggles. So uh, uh, things aren't going to be fair, but it's really important to be at least practice what you preach with your clients and make sure that they know that you are living the lifestyle that they also want to live because if they know that you're not, they're just, they're more likely to give up from what I've seen. Uh, right. So it's like the part of it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely trying your best to like be in their shoes, even though you can't be, it's mm-hmm. a totally different situation, but trying your best to understand where they're coming from and relating to them mm-hmm. the best you can is always helpful too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was a great cool. overview. There's so much you can do. People often <laughs> yeah. just think that they're in the gym, <laughs> broing it up, but there's so much more you can do as a trainer. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. I think that kind of leads into our next topic of the importance of exercise overall. And we wanted to hear from you Mm -hmm. why exercise is important for every individual and what your two cents are on that. Oh, absolutely. So again, this is tailored to every different person is going to have a different workout routine, things that work with them. Uh, When it comes to exercise, there's so many benefits, not just physical, but cognitive, mentally, emotionally. It's my favorite de-stressor. 
or whenever I'm feeling like really amped up after a day of work and I haven't worked out yet, it's so nice to be able to go work out. And that's what it started as for me was I was, you know, I just need a place to go de-stress and exercise always helped me do that. And I knew it did with sports. Uh, but it's always important when it comes to each individual person, find out what works for you. I go to the gym four to six days per week, depending on what my structure, my plan is that I make for myself. Some people don't need that many times. Some people just want to go in three days a week and whatever their goals are is whatever we need to have them do. Uh, so when it comes to exercise, we have to think about everything, not just the physical aspect. You're not just going in there to look as big and as you know nice as you can every single time. You got to also the cognitive benefits and the emotional benefits as well. Something I always focus on with all my clients when I first start with them uh, is, okay, what do you want to accomplish? And like, what are you doing right now? And we go through what a healthy, a healthy routine is going to be for them. I'm not going to throw somebody that hasn't worked out in three months in there for six days a week doing crazy stuff. Right. We're going to start them out slow. And uh, even when it comes to the, the, the eating aspect, you know, I don't, meal plan for my clients. However, nutrition is important for them. So I'll be like, Hey, you know, what have we been eating today? And half the time my clients will be like, I've had a granola bar today. And I'm like, energy wise, you're going to struggle through this workout. And we're going to see it happen in about half an hour when you start to struggle. So building those healthy habits for to be able to exercise efficiently is one of the foundations you have to build before you can get into hitting those higher goals. Uh, so a little bit of pre-exercise explanation uh but when it comes to exercise it's just the kind of the benefits you feel better you're usually more focused right after you work out uh so i would always work out and then go study for an exam uh when i was at purdue and it actually helped a ton with my focus specifically uh, uh so things such as that also just making sure that your body is in good shape i mean i, th I think everybody knows you know, if you are morbidly obese, you're going to have some health risks. So being able to find a consistent routine to keep your body in shape and healthy uh, to avoid those risks now and or later on in life. I mean, we're in our 20s. We don't have much to worry about right now. Uh, but building a healthy routine now can help us keep those at bay for longer and longer. Uh, one of the best stories I always tell my clients is my dad was up to 400 pounds when I was in high school um, and he hadn't worked out out in like 10, 15 years. Then he finally decided that he was going to go start dieting right and then going back to the gym and everything. Uh, and it changed not only his physical appearance and his health risks, like his doctor was like, oh, you're cleared on this, this, and this. Now you're no longer at risk for that. But also like his mental and emotional health. And that's why I focus so much on it because, and he's willing to admit he was not the best dad when I was growing up. But once he started losing weight, he started feeling better about himself. And he started being able to cope with everything because he had a stress relief area a place you could go and be and be happy uh so i really stress that with people exercise doesn't need to be insanely tough every day it needs to be enjoyable as much as it can uh so one of my favorite things when it comes to exercising with clients is hey what do you like to do what do we like to do uh, um you know a lot of my female clients are like i love to do legs like, i love to do this and so i'm like okay cool we'll do legs more often a normal split or we'll do like more full body days so you can get more you know leg work in uh even if it's not quite tailored to exactly what their goals are, if they enjoy it, they're going to be consistent. They're going to stay in the gym. Health risks go away. They're happier. Everything 
everything kind of comes full circle to where exercise benefits you in every single way when it comes to your personal health, uh, as long as you go about it the right ways. So it's really important to find out what matters to you and what is doable for you as well. Because, I mean, not everyone can get in the gym six days a week. People have different jobs and stuff. So uh, not everyone can go to the gym for two hours at a time, like a lot of gym go in there and they just shut around for two hours, do whatever. So we only have an hour a day. Uh, uh, so finding out what works with all of that is what's so important about exercise, because if you have a healthy relationship with that, I, I've heard you guys talk about having a healthy relationship with food all the time as well. You got to have a healthy relationship with the things that are meant to be healthy or else they won't be. <laughs> so that, that's me wrapping it up. Retweet. retweet. I just had a flashback of us messing around at the co-rec for like three hours doing literally nothing <laughs> i would be there for three to four hours freshman year because i would just be so bored i didn't have any friends yet i didn't have much to do there was one saturday i was there from eight till two and i was like what, I are, what am i doing this. what am i doing uh no i was not working out the whole time i would just hang out and talk to people uh -huh. but still uh um, and that's you know some people don't need the efficiency though if that's what you like to do just hang out at the gym for a while and you're still hitting your goals go do it go have right. fun with your friends after you know that peak like six to nine hour time uh if you want to be there the whole time with your friends go do it that's what makes you happy but yeah. you know if you're not hitting your goals and or like you know you're doing that but then you go home and don't eat dinner or whatever because you don't have time then that becomes a problem exactly. uh but again everything about this job that I have, like I think with your guys' jobs as well, is every individual person I meet, I have to start fresh. I can't just recycle anything. It's each individual person needs individual goals, mindsets, different things for everything. I can have two people do the exact same workout, and as long as I've like verified it with myself, I'm like, okay, yeah, this would work for their goals. It's the exact same stuff. Um, then I'll do that and or just tweak it a little bit. But for the most part, I start from scratch with each individual person from the get-go because each person is a different person like no one human's the same it's beautiful but it also makes things a little bit more challenging but fun at the same time right right like there's the basics like same with us too like i work at a weight loss clinic so the basics are we mm -hmm. focus on calorie intake and we go over all the food groups and that kind of stuff but it is of course tailored to each person based on how active they are and mm -hmm. what foods they eat mm -hmm. meal timing all of that but yeah the basics are usually the same i mean it is a science mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. So going right off of that, what is the difference between exercise and physical activity? Uh, so exercise tends to have a structure. It's intentional. It's planned. Uh, and it's usually repetitive movements uh, in order to hit a certain goal. So if I'm doing a squat, you know, I'm trying to gain leg strength. I'm doing the exact same motion repetitively with a purpose in order to build my leg strength up. Uh, physical activity is going to be more like anything you do that expends energy. Getting out of bed is physical activity. Cooking breakfast is physical activity. This is physical activity. It's <laughs> anything that requires any sort of energy, which everything does. Me moving my mouth right now, it does, is considered physical activity. So uh, if you're just you know moving your body with no rhythm, no rhyme, just doing whatever you want to do, that's physical activity. But if you're doing something physical that has a structure, a plan, a purpose, that's going to be what we consider exercise. Yes, it's so important to differentiate the two. And I don't think people know the difference. Like a lot of my patients and clients, 
I think just get overwhelmed. I think they have to like seven days a week have this hour of structured exercise where I'm like, no, just be more mm-hmm. physically active and that mm-hmm. will have benefits as well. But of course, when I say that, I mean like going for a walk, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, it is good to differentiate the two. Okay. Well, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but of course, as a trainer, you don't go too much into nutrition, but what is the importance of adequate nutrition when you are working on your fitness goals? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so I'll go personal for a little bit. Uh, my nutrition was pretty bad uh, after leaving college for a while. For some reason, when I had a more like hectic around schedule, I actually ate better. It's crazy. Why. It's crazy. But like, especially when I was stuck at home or like I I had like 10 hour shifts at work all day and I had to bring my lunches and stuff. When I got home, I didn't want to cook food anymore. So I'd like eat out and everything. And it slowly just took a toll on the way I felt like I can still hit my goals. I can still like look good uh, with my workouts just to like get through them. But I didn't feel great during my workouts and I didn't feel good every other aspect of it as well. It's really sad i just started eating more broccoli a couple months ago like i just started adding i added broccoli back into my diet and i felt amazingly better it was stupid how well broccoli worked uh, instead of just having like chicken and pasta i would have some like chicken with broccoli instead every now and then as well because like carbs are still important i need a ton of carbs for how much muscle i've gained and how big i am now but like those also carbs broccoli's got some good carbs I'm just going to hype up broccoli because broccoli has been doing wonders for me. Shout out to broccoli. Shout Shout out to to my boy broccoli. (laughs) Uh, Put that on a t-shirt. So so anytime we, we wouldn't go into like meal planning with people. We talk about like healthy things they could have. We had a little diagram that had like worse foods on the outside, good foods on the inside for like protein, carbs, fat. Cause a lot of our clients, uh, a lot of our clients were uh, older women uh, who just don't eat protein at all. And they were like, oh, yeah, I want to get stronger. I want to gain some muscle because uh, I feel pretty weak. And then we're like, okay, cool. Eat some protein. And they're like, protein? Ew. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to eat some protein. Sorry. If you, if you want these goals. So at least understanding like what they are consuming uh, is really important for our aspect as well. So, again, like I don't tell them, go home, have a cup of chicken, have a cup of broccoli. You know, go have broccoli whenever you want. I'm going to talk broccoli <laughs> a couple day. Uh, but I can kind of, you know, help them through the process. And they're like, Hey, I had, I had eggs uh, and some toast this morning. So I got my carbs and some protein. And I'm like, excellent. How do you feel? And they're like, I actually feel pretty good. Like this workout went well. And I'm like, that's crazy. Half the time, I just have to tell most of my clients to eat, which is really depressing. Uh, but I'm the same way sometimes, uh, since I've been unemployed, some days I'll be like, Oh my gosh, it's noon. And I haven't eaten lunch yet. And then I'm like, I don't really want to make lunch. And I understand the struggle sometimes of like, it can be exhausting, but it always feels so much more worth it once you get into a healthy routine. So uh, that's what I preach to everybody is just finding what works for you and building upon it, making sure we're hitting our goals. So we have some clients that like, based on, you know, recommendations, some calculations, they're supposed to hit 2000 calories a day, but they're barely hitting a thousand right now. And I'm like, Okay, well, we're not going to just double your caloric intake the next week or two. We're going to slowly build it over time so you don't feel like you're bloated and like you're going to pop 24-7 because that's what's going to happen when you double your caloric intake. Uh, And again, like I'm going to sound like a broken record all day, but it's just the way it is. Each person just needs to be talked to 
and dealt with for what works for them. So like vegetarian clients, finding ways to get their protein in because when you're vegetarian, meat is, you know, probably the number one source of protein eaten around the world. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I haven't done any research, but it's, it's what we think <laughs> oh, yeah. about. It's what we think about. Uh, you know, when you think about bodybuilders, they're eating chicken. Like they're eating chicken and some sort of carb anyways. Uh, just making sure that each person has what fits their needs uh, and giving them good recommendations. And just checking in on them, that's all that we really can do from my perspective. Uh, luckily, at Equinox, they actually have an opportunity for us to get, like, some dietetics training and, like, some nutrition training. Uh, so we can go a little more in-depth, but I don't think we'll be, we won't be full-fledged dietitians. I mean, I'm not going to go through five more years of school. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, won't. <laughs> I won't do it. Uh, but long story short, again, it's just making sure each person has what they need and making sure that they feel good coming in. That's the biggest thing is if you don't feel good while you're exercising or like after your exercise or before, like you want to feel as good as you can, as much as you can. That's honestly the goal with exercise fitness. Everything is to try to get your body to love itself and for you to love your body. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. You're speaking our nice. language there. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. It, you can't reach your fitness goals without adequately fueling your body. So it's so important that the two are going together. You cannot out-exercise mm-hmm. a very poor diet. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. I like that a lot, Hannah, how you said that. Oh, I'm sure I stole that from yeah. a meme or something. So don't get uh, me credit, I've heard but... that a million times, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's cut, somewhere. Cut, uh, that's Hannah. It's, it's Hannah's <laughs> original God. thought. <laughs> like to see some uh, compensation for that from somewhere since it is my quote <laughs> everyone's been using it up but whatever yeah i don't know who'd give you that money but we'll just uh, i don't know <laughs> if i ask it for yeah. it it's, my, it's a good start okay we are wrapping up here on our questions so our Ooh. really our last big question for you um what is an exercise professional, or I guess your own personal professional strategy for discussing and working towards weight loss with clients. So that can be tricky because we, of course, you know, weight stigma plays a huge role on mental health and their performance and just day-to-day life in general. And so just curious about how you do approach that with clients working towards weight loss goals. I'm really annoying when I first meet with clients and I, we always talk about their goals, right? And when someone comes to me, they're like, I want to lose some weight. It doesn't matter who it is. I've had people that come in and they, they honestly probably need to gain some weight, but they said they want to lose some weight. That's the people that definitely need to lose some weight. And first thing I do is I go, why? And then they have to like come up with like why exactly it is that they want to lose weight. Some people like my doctor told me to, right? And then we, there's not a lot of intrinsic motivation. It's just kind of like, I've been told I need to do this, so I probably need to do it. Some people like, I want to look good or, you know, uh, you know, I know I need to make a change in my life. I don't feel great. Figuring out why they want to lose weight is the first big step because that's how you're going to motivate somebody in a training session and outside of a training session. Because, I mean, my job is not done when the person leaves for from their session. I like to keep in contact with people as much as I can, especially my one-on-one clients that I train with uh, because I want to make sure that they're, they're living a good, healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'm not super annoying outside but when they are with me first thing i ask them is why and then when they tell me why for example it's 
my doctor told me I need to lose weight. I'm like, okay, well, is there any other reason why you want to lose weight? Uh, is there anything, you know, really motivating you? I ask about, you know, do they have a spouse that uh, is supporting them? I ask what's their, you know, routine look like right now? So I can kind of see what they are doing uh, because, again, there's some people that come in here and they don't need to lose weight. And they're like, yeah, I just run on the treadmill for like an hour a day. And then, uh, again, I'd probably ask them about their eating. Like, okay, what are you eating right now? They're like, I'm eating like a granola bar uh, and an apple a day. You know, I'm trying to cut my calories down. And we get all that information, and then we go from there. But you have to just ask those those primary questions to get to understand uh, what's going on in their head. Because, again, your body will only do what your mind allows it to do. And if your mental health isn't in check and you're not having a healthy relationship from the get-go, it's going to be so much harder to stick with it and want to stick with it. Because a lot of people only do personal training for like six months to a year. And once they're done, if they go back to unhealthy habits, no, they're going to start losing their progress. Uh, so getting down to, one, the why they want to lose weight, what they're doing right now, and then discussing the habits that they have and what some better habits might look like. Not everyone's going to have the same structure like we've talked about. Like I'm not going to tell everybody, okay, eat five meals a day, do this, this, and that. Uh, but I'm going to do, okay, so with what you're doing right now, we probably need to increase our caloric intake or in decrease our caloric intake based on what it is. Probably need to increase the exercise we do, uh, and then go from there. Uh, some people have multiple goals too. Some people are like, I want to lose weight and want to gain muscle. And you can do both at the same time pretty effectively, but their training will look a lot different than somebody who just wants to lose weight. Someone who just wants to lose weight, we're going to give them probably some hit training, some high intensity intervals. Uh, it's where they're just working hard, you know, heart rate's going up and down for 30 minutes to an hour. Whereas in someone that also wants to gain muscle, probably some strength and weight training as well. So the workout's going to be a little bit longer, but still going to try to make them as intense as we can uh, in order to promote, you know, caloric expenditure. So that way they're outworking uh, whatever they're consuming in order to see that weight loss. Yeah, I love that you said finding the why, because if that mm -hmm. one little number on the scale is the only thing motivating you, you're going to be motivated for like five minutes before you're over it and want to move on to the next no. thing. So it's just not going to last unless you have mm -hmm. another, I like to like go over with my patients, non-scale victories too. Mm -hmm. So number on the scale is doing whatever. Sure. We'll look at that and use that as one point of data, but how are your clothes fitting? Are you moving easier, breathing better? Are you are you losing inches? Are you getting more body fat or not body fat, more muscle mass, muscle. Don't lose yeah. body fat. Um, mm -hmm. and focusing on those things can be really more motivating than the number on the scale, which can be so easily influenced and kind of do whatever the heck it wants. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you said that too. Cause I mean, it's also a scales, a robot that we told what to do. It can break Yeah, and it doesn't work for every single person. Like I probably gotten healthier since I've gained weight in my life. But if I just looked at a scale, I was a wrestler. So it was, I had to be at a certain weight all the time. I was obsessed with my weight in high school mm. because I had to hit a weight class. It's like I had to fit in my weight class. And I was one of those kids, that, like I wouldn't go to bed unless I was under the weight. So there were nights I just didn't eat. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, you idiot, you stupid <laughs> idiot. What were you doing? And I didn't know any better. Mm. Uh, but it's so, so at Anytime Fitness, we had, uh, uh, it, it was like an in-body uh, assessment that we had at Purdue. Uh, it's called an evil. It's a body scan. And there'll be some times where clients will be like, I'm really looking forward to this body scan. My clothes are fitting different. I'm feeling good. And then they 
to their scan and they've the scan tells them they've made no progress. And so much influences those scans too. At yeah. one point I just told people, I'm like, screw the robot. Like, are you feeling better? Are you happier? Are you doing yeah. okay? And they're like, yeah, I did 20 pushups the first time in eight years the other day, unbroken. And my clothes are fitting better and I'm happier. And I'm like, then who gives a crap what the robot says? It's our robot. You and I, we've made some progress and we should be able to be thankful for that and be happy about it. Yes. Celebrate the victories that the robots don't tell us. Because the way you perceive, uh, like, like I was talking about earlier, the why. If people are only worried about the way they look, which is fine. If you want to improve the way you look, that's what you want to do. Then who cares what the scale says? Who cares what the, the yeah. body scan says? If you feel better and look better and are you know happier, those are things that matter so much more. So it's, I, I told my sister the other day because she was getting obsessed about it and it was just ticking me off to throw away her scale. And she's like, I. I feel better than I have in a while because I just don't worry about it anymore. She spent like five times a day. She'd go to the bathroom and just worry about her weight. And I'm like, you're going to fluctuate two pounds a day, give or take anyway. Yeah. Like you don't need to be checking it that much. Again, uh, 15 year old me would be a hypocrite in that sense, but uh, (laughs) I'm not 15 years old anymore. So, (laughs) Uh, but it's so important just to be able to accept what your body is doing and changing and not just trusting the robots. I, I hate the robots. Like they're good in certain circumstances. Don't get me wrong. The body scans can be pretty accurate, but push comes to shove. I'm going to tell you if you're looking and feeling better, those are the top two things that matter almost every time. And, I am so stealing yeah. that robot thing. I love that. I know. <laughs> Don't trust the robot. <laughs> Don't trust. The past two months that I worked at any time, that's just what I started doing because some people were making such great strides in our sessions. And then like also how they're like, I haven't worn this shirt in like a year. And then they'd come in and like, they'd only have lost a pound of fat or like some of them won't have lost anything based on the scan. And I'm like, just screw the robot. Do you feel better? Do you feel happy? I'm like, did that scan just ruin your day? And they're like, yeah, because I haven't made progress. I'm like, yes, you have. Shut up. Like some of my, some of my clients, I'd get pretty just like upfront and be like, shut, shut up. Your day you, know that you, you know that you're being dumb right now. And you know that we only care about those other things. And they're like, yeah, you're right. And then after we'd have our, session they'd be like you know what i'm feeling i'm glad that we talked about this and that's super important again it's that mental aspect is so important with every single client every person too like they don't have to be my client but if someone's like i haven't lost like any weight the past week but i'm working out consistently and i just overhear that i'm like like do you feel any better like ask the important questions not just oh how much do i weigh because and this is all fairly new like fitness has made huge strides the past just like 10 years years uh and we've got to kind of experience the more intelligent aspects of it growing up into it uh because there's a lot of like old school methods like you know weighing yourself three times a day that just we found that aren't great for every aspect of your health so it's really important to take the the important victories over the robotic victories yeah you're exactly right i feel like that was such a good way to finish up this episode is really the emphasis on how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and not what those robots are saying. Screw the robots. Don't trust the robots. Don't trust the robots. (laughs) Don't trust the robots. (laughs) There have been so many robot apocalyptic movies. Like don't trust the robots. (laughs) They've only hurt us. (laughs) They've only hurt us in so many ways. Technology's great, but we got to take that little grain of salt. Grain of salt every time. Okay, 
So I think we're ready now for our bonus question. And Brandon, you can get as heated as you want in this because it's Hannah about to. Yeah. I kind of want to do like just a podcast on these questions because I mean it's fun <laughs> talking about nutrition and fitness, but I also love talking about is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, yes. Just make a bonus. Just make it like an extra bonus question only episode where you just like stitch them all together back That's to back. That's a good idea. Oh yeah, that'd be good. That's, if people don't want to listen to anything else we're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can cut that out. I didn't say it. It was your idea. No, yeah. we're gonna give you credit for that. That's such a good no, idea. Yeah. Okay, so our bonus question this week is what is the best fast food condiment? It's right here. What is that? Um you came prepared. I came prepared. You guys gave me a reason to get raisin canes today, and I went for it. Raisin canes sauce. It's delicious. Oh, I just spilled it over my laptop. For those of you listening and not watching on YouTube, Brendan just spilled raisin cane sauce everywhere. (laughs) We're going to leave it there because it's too good to clean up right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. I, like, watched that happen in (laughs) slow-mo. I did, too. I saw it move, and I was like, you idiot. Why'd you do this? (laughs) It wasn't intelligent at all. It's a liquid. It's going to move out of the container. That's awesome. Anyway, it's raisin cane sauce. You can't tell me. Any, any different I've cane sauce what does it taste like no oh it's like so much but yeah it's kind of t- it's it's like sweet and uh it's it's peppery to a degree hold on let me get another lick right now <laughs> take it right off the laptop <laughs> it's for nope <laughs> that is tainted sauce Mm-mm-mm. this sauce is too good to be tainted we can't we can't let the dirty laptop ruin the cane sauce oh, screw the robot <laughs> yeah, screw the robot. But uh, it's pretty tangy. It's got kind of like a it's got, I got a good kick to it. It's how else do I describe it? Hold on, let me just get another. Just start drinking it. I know you want to. <laughs> it's just yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it's got kind of that like in between mayonnaise and ranch consistency. So it's like thick enough without being like too thick. But it's, uh, a little peppery kick near the end that you just go like, ooh, nice. <laughs> you know? You, you, Everyone knows what I'm talking about, you know? Oh, yeah. When you have something nice, you're just like, ooh, it gives you a little bit of like a tingle in your mouth. <laughs> That's Raisin Cane sauce. Not a huge fan of the word tingle, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there were many, many other words I could have used, but that was the best, so... Uh... <laughs> it definitely gets the point across. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, debate me. I mean, I mean, Emily. You guys never had it. I know. I can't really say that one's no, worse than my choice, but I'm curious, Emily, what your top favorite is. So my top favorite is Burger King Zesty Sauce because I'm a big fan of horseradish, and also you always get Zesty Sauce with the onion rings, and I am a huge fan of their onion rings. And I think in the last at least six years of my life, I've only, anytime I go to Burger King, I only get onion rings for the zesty sauce. sauce. And sometimes I'll get like extra zesty sauce. So my onion rings will be like very coated. 50% (laughs) Is that different from Arby's horsey sauce? I've never had that sauce. I also don't, I don't know Arby's very well. I feel I like it is, 
It sounds like it is based on the name. It, it's also a lot like this. That's actually a good description of cane sauce. It's very zesty. Huh. It's kind of like the zesty sauce. So I think you'd like it a lot. Okay. Gives you that zesty tingle. It, it, it's got like a horseradish kick. <laughs> the tingle. Oh, okay. tingle. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> don't love that. Don't love that. I don't either. Again, <laughs> it was the best one I could think of on the spot. It works. It works. Uh, okay, Hannah. Hannah, you go. Ugh. I thought so hard about this before. I even asked Ross what he thought I should say because I just don't know. <laughs> That's not your opinion. Come on. <laughs> we have the exact same taste preferences. That's why we got married. Anyway. A host. Oh, um, yeah. That's why. That's why. Yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> only reason. <laughs> um, uh, it's such a basic answer. I feel like a loser. But Chick-fil-A sauce is probably my favorite. I hate saying that because everyone loves Chick-fil-A sauce. But it's so good. You can't go wrong. I've even like mastered my own homemade version. So I'm ashamed at my answer, but I'm sticking to it. There's no tingle involved, but it'll do. <laughs> this is just uh, Chick fil A sauce with a tingle. That's all it is. That's. Ew. Uh, <laughs> you've given me an opportunity, and now I can't let it go. <laughs> so gross. What does Chick fil A sauce taste like? I also don't really know that one. Well, I know the exact ingredients because, like I said, I've mastered oh, it. So, which ingredients? Okay, and it is <laughs> the amounts. Check check out my blog, or it's not on the blog yet. Check out my Instagram. Um, go to the. It blog. Is are you writing this down? <laughs> no. Oh, I thought your hand was like writing something. I was like, shoot, she's really invested in this. Go no, okay. <laughs> okay, so mayonnaise. Paired. It's, most, it's mostly mayonnaise. Okay. And then honey mustard barbecue sauce or you could do like a honey mustard if you didn't have honey and mustard but you had honey mustard i like honey mustard yeah it's kind of like honey mustard but more tingly (laughs) (laughs) it's not tingly it's just more mayonnaise but i wanted to say tingly again Uh, i got so much crap for it but you can just throw the word out Willy nilly. Okay, it is your podcast, so I'll yeah, as the guest all that. Yeah, <laughs> credit for t- the word tingle. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm gonna be known as when this podcast and- just shoots off someday. I'm gonna be the tingle guy. <laughs> Didn't like that either. Yeah, we cut. <laughs> we'll cut that one. I can't wait the episode description to write about you raving about broccoli and talking about your tingles. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of my mouth, it we, just felt so dirty. <laughs> it feels wrong in every every facet of it. Yeah, we can move on from the T word. Uh, okay. Well, I'm surprised we did not agree in any way. We all had very different answers there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if my zesty sauce is like the cane sauce, then I feel like we win. We win. I didn't know yeah. it was a win-lose situation, but whatever. But it is. It is. And you lost, Hannah, so congrats. <laughs> You're outnumbered. That's all that matters. <laughs> rude, rude, rude. But now people have a recipe they can make. Yeah. You just gave them the ingredients. Yeah, where's your recipe, guys? Try to beat me there. Huh. I don't know. The winners. <laughs> I... Let's see. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Wow, if you can nail that. Definitely pepper. There's definitely pepper in there. Uh, I feel like there is a little bit of mayonnaise, but it's probably light mayonnaise. 
because it's not it's not like super thick. I'm googling it. Or they really water it down. There's definitely some like Cajun seasoning in here. They give that little bit of extra spice. There's okay. no honey mustard. I can guarantee you there's no honey mustard in this one. I'll give you a hint. There's five ingredients. I want you to name them, and then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. We're going with mayonnaise, but it had to be more specific, light mayonnaise. Just like normal ground pepper. Cajun seasoning. Oh, man. I'm just looking at it right now, seeing <laughs> if I can see what the flecks are. Got, got little specks of, of, of things in here. Uh, I, hmm. Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. We gotta get another. I got an extra one just for this podcast, just so you know, just so I can taste test this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Mm. All I can think about is the word mustard, but I know I don't think that mustard's in there. It's just because of Hannah's recipe. What okay, is wait. the opposite of mustard? Is there ketchup in here? Mm-hmm. Oh, no! <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> uh, I used to put ketchup on everything, like everything as a kid. I made a sandwich with just ketchup and a grape. <laughs> it was the worst thing I ever had as a child. Worst thing I'd ever had. Ketchup and grapes don't mix. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> I was like three. I was three years old. Oh, okay, My mom okay, said, go make yourself helps. lunch. <laughs> and I was like, I like ketchup. I like grapes. Here's some bread. <laughs> Let's make a sandwich. Horrible. I have so many questions. Texture, awful. You never want to have to bite into a sandwich and it explode at you. <laughs> never a good feeling. Uh, okay, so that's just ketchup. Man. You're so close. So you've got the mayonnaise, ketchup, and pepper right. What are the other two? There's no Cajun? Hmm. Is there cayenne? No, but it is a seasoning. I only know like three. <laughs> it's nothing I, crazy. It's never it's think of Cajun basic. seasoning. Ah, dang it. Is there is there salt in here? Uh you're close. Oh. No, salt salt and pepper are my only two. <laughs> okay, okay. It's garlic salt. So very close. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't actually have salt in my house. It's garlic salt. Because <laughs> I like garlic what? salt more. That's funny. Okay. Don't we just tell you what the fifth one is that you... Yeah. Yeah. What's the fifth one? Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce? How do you say it? Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, that. Yeah. Worcestershire sauce. It's so I'm much sure. more fun to say is Worcestershire. You're right. It's more fun I, to say I, it wrong. I've always thought that that was correct, but I could be a hundred percent wrong I that's how my family in the south said it and so i'm pretty sure that that might just be a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of a inflectuation of language there emily how do you say worcestershire i think i say worcester oh boy okay <laughs> but i worcester. also i'm a history of mispronouncing words this is true i know this about you like aspartame for the longest time i said a slur to me <laughs> So, like, I just, it's normal if I say words wrong. I will never forget the day when we had that conversation where you learned that it's not, what did you, you call it? Aspartame? 
I was, I'm the one who taught you this. Not I remember I was so hard. I thought they were different things. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a so like, folks. mine is even worse than Brendan's. <laughs> no one gets Worcestershire right, but people you do do usually get aspartame right. Usually, <laughs> usually. Aspartame. To be honest, I don't think I've ever had to read that word out loud, like in a sentence around other people. No, right? I, so I could like, totally mess it up too. Yeah, it was food chemistry, and when you're reading words in your head, it's you don't have to say things so correctly. Much different. Do do we all? T- Take Bio203 with Dr. Bridges? Yes. Yeah, where he would say things in like a British accent. And I would have lab partners that would also say it in a British accent. I'm like, guys, he just has an accent. That's not how you pronounce it. I know you're not British. (laughs) Well, it was one of the... uh, It was like mitochondria or something that he would say. And and all my lab partners would say like mitochondria. And I'm like, there's so many mitochondria memes out there. How can you say it wrong? (laughs) The it just goes to show the how the, the, the poet host of the sin. <laughs> what a man! That, that always just drove me crazy. I'm like, just because he says it doesn't mean that the word is. He has an accent. <laughs> <Except> <laughs> it. I literally forgot about him until just now. That like makes my heart so warm. I love. Yeah, him. I had to to be honest. But every time I think of mispronouncing words, I think of that moment. Uh, remember Katie Half? It would be. I'm pretty sure she would say that all the time because she's a very auditory learner so she just like hears it and regurgitates whatever she hears she's really good at it though like i mean katie's really smart but i had to be like katie he's got an accent she's like yeah and i'm like that's how he says the word but you're from new jersey (laughs) 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 i mean go off but (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny okay i'm Gonna get sad wrapping us up because it was just so great talking to you, Brendan. It was amazing talking with you guys too. This is fun. Yes. Yes. Thank well, you for coming. Yes. And of course. Taking time out of your day to join us and join the podcast. Of course. I'm currently unemployed. So, I mean, now that I didn't have anything else better to do, I love <laughs> being here. I wanted to be here. Uh, but. My days have been pretty boring so far. It's rained like three days straight out here. So it's like, oh, perfect timing. It's, uh, I'm two hours behind you guys. So it's about to hit four o'clock. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. Well, that's a good segue into our next question. For those listening who want to start working with our friend Brendan here, how can our listeners find you to learn more about you or work with you or any of that? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at body by Brendan. I know super cliche for personal trainer, but it really flows off the well uh so body by brendan is my instagram handle uh, and there's also a link to my personal website where i have personal training programs both are basic people that just want to get started uh and also i offer one-on-one training just individually between me and you uh that is bodybybrendan.com pretty self-explanatory the link would be in my instagram but uh yeah go check me out body by brendan yeah well, i can't we'll- judge i'm i'm helped with hannah so it's kind of the same thing <laughs> alliteration is beautiful it's we gotta perfect, play it out yeah. as much as we can yeah yeah. And we'll also be including the link to his socials and stuff or whatever he wants to share with us in the description in case you have any trouble finding him. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be hard, but people do struggle. I get that. Yeah. People will probably mispronounce, misspell my name, honestly. That's that is true. the biggest struggle I've always had in my life. 
It's B-R-E-N-D-A-N for all of you listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now not you spelled how it's pronounced. You. Now there's no excuses, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me spell it out for you. Uh, okay, Brendan, thank you so, so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. It'll be so good for us to have this you know, side of the health industry on our podcast. Mm-hmm. It was so informational and wonderful. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It's always fun getting to geek out about the things that I'm passionate about. And I know you guys are passionate about too. So uh, always nice to talk about how we can build a healthier future for as many people as we can. Yeah. 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 All right. Bye guys. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.